Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. There are some weeks when death pours in swiftly and by surprise until you are overflowing, not just brimming with sadness, the meniscus of the cup arcing over and making everything that it reflects bigger. No, not just brimming, but overflowing with tears carrying the words that you have not yet found. When I read Allie Wolf's obituary, I went outside to a highway and screamed. And then I sang a song to God. And interestingly, these generated almost the same physical experience, screaming and singing, screaming and praising. Both of them require deep gulps of air provided by God's trees, both of them a raw form of communication. Allie was 33 when she died. She was one of the first people I met at one of the first events I threw to plant New City Church. And no, this is not her eulogy, and you don't need to have known Allie to be part of this preaching experience. Um, But rather, I'm letting Allie preach a sermon at New City, or at least my experience of Allie preach a sermon at New City, because Christianity is a religion best professed by lives, by experience, by the unnameable instinct to create new worlds. And Allie had all of those. Many people at New City are deconstructing and reconstructing their theology. And let me tell you this. Most theology, or perhaps all of it, when you look at it close enough, is developed based on experiences surrounding death. Cynical sociologists will tell you that it's because of the unknown of death, the mystery of death, and the fear that it carries with it. It's uncomfortable, and we don't want to deal with the comfort, and so we tell ourselves little stories, the cynical sociologists say, little stories that help us grapple with our random and drifting existence in a cold universe. And I suppose part of me empathizes with that. Part of me seeks the safety of being detached, even while knowing that is never what we were created to be. But sometimes, when I'm singing songs to God, there's a click in my gut that says, you were built to bless God. These lungs work with those trees, and these hands lift up to that sky. These knees connect with those rocks cool to the touch, and it feels somehow like the big feelings I'm having are perfectly and totally what God made us to do. Most theology, or perhaps all of it if you look close enough, is developed based on experiences surrounding death, and that includes the thin space of grief. Um, Thin space is a concept, I think it was the Celtic Christians who had this concept, thin space. It's a concept that sometimes there are places or moments when it's easier to connect with God. God made all sorts of thin spaces in your life. Friendships and mountains, play, even fear sometimes can be a thin space. My partner Brian would say food and sharing 
sharing food with people is a thin space. And I'm like, okay, as long as you're cooking. Uh, Thin spaces are everywhere. But grief, and I suppose dying itself, is a certain kind of thin space too, albeit a harder one. Or rather, not harder, but um, barbed in that you instinctively don't want to approach it, but once it has hooked into you, it is hard to pull away. For millennia, Christians have had to practice approaching death again and again to get used to it, to trade our skittish reactions for a contemplative one. Grieving is like approaching a beehive, if you've ever tried that. Amidst the buzz and swarm of the fear of death, we start getting twitchy, remembering that bees' stingers are barbed and there are no small chore to pull out. But with some prayer, with some smoke and perhaps proper preparation, we are able to approach death in a way that discovers a sweetness, a sweetness that changes what you thought was possible in nature, a sweetness of a honey of the mercy of God. In the middle of all the sharp stuff are hints of lavender and clover, faraway fields and sunshine. Most theology is developed based on either the stingers or the honey. Most of our beliefs about God, all of this constructed stuff of of how we are uh, holding ourselves together is in response to the stingers or the honey of death. For even after screaming, I remembered all the ways God moved through Allie, her loud laugh and her profound grasp of holiness in her life, her dancing and how she cared about justice. But I think that neither Paul nor I can be sentimental or saccharine about this. Paul uh, is the person who wrote that 1 Corinthians reading that we read right before this sermon. Um, Paul writes that famous line, Where, O death, is your sting? Where, O death, is your sting? And I don't think he was being sentimental or saccharine about it because Allie truly did have battles raging inside of her. Sometimes she wasn't well in a way that neither her best efforts, her friends, her doctors, nor I knew how to address. The struggle was real. And I don't want to be talking about where where death is now thy sting in a way that kind of like fluffs over the hardness of of her life and her experience. And yet, I just can't shake this feeling that Allie has found peace now. It doesn't logically compute that a God who made all of these thin spaces all around the world would just have an empty table for us when life is done. If the God of life, this life, is the same God in death, then Allie must have encountered true embrace, true invitation, true banquet. Choppy waters becoming so still you can see right through to the bottom. That's my theology, which is less a bulleted list of beliefs and more a description of what a deep part of me knows to be true, or at least 
practices hoping that it is true. And let me just say that if you have been hurt by theology, it is almost certainly rooted in some way with a disordered understanding of what happens to people when they die. The idea that God uses torture to punish people or that somehow the grace of Jesus only removed the sting of death conditionally, huh, I dare not patronize God like that. I dare not believe that the grace of our Savior Jesus Christ is dependent on people saying just the right sequence of words. I respect the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus enough that I believe he has proclaimed good news to all flesh, not just the ones that went to Sunday school. Good news for all creation, not just the parts that have been colonized by the West. Good news for every person, no matter how much their mental health is fighting and destroying itself. I've dedicated my whole life to God, not because I want my name on a VIP list for heaven, but because God is the only one who has shown strength by healing things. And when I'm in those thin spots, when I get a whisper or a, a fraction, a tiny taste of the sweetness and goodness of our maker. In those moments, it's clear to me that if I were to dedicate my existence to anything else, I would be creating a cheap knockoff of a life. And who has time for that when we know that the barbs of grief will inevitably come our way? Sometimes death pours into our cup and we learn to ride the wave we drown in it. And maybe I'm a Christian because more than any other thing that I have ever found in my life or on this planet, across the four continents that I've tried stuff out on, I'm yet to find something that helps me ride the waves like following Jesus has helped me. I'm not saying this is a pressure thing. I know that there are folks at New City who don't identify as Christian. I'm trying to offer a glimpse of what this faith can look like when life gets real, when you're facing the actual challenges of life, when there's not a lot of things to grasp onto and it feels like everything is falling apart. There is a certain practice of faith that can be helpful for that. And if you are called to, feel free to start that with New City Church today. You know, eventually I did get to the point when it, it felt right to stop screaming and to stop singing along that highway. I dusted myself off, bowed at the altar of my lament, and looked at the world as a changed man. Could it be that the pine needles actually got greener while I was grieving? Could it be that the sky became wider, that the loving kindness of my community became stronger as we came together? You know, death does lose its sting eventually, though ask our wounds if it didn't change us nonetheless. Still, everything kind of like bobbed up for me, kind of buoyed up 
in the way that only a deep bellowing song to God allows, or I might add, a deep and passionate protest like what we did yesterday might create. And like that, I realize that I'm alive again. Somehow the life, death, and resurrection once again granted me safe passage through the falling and rising moments of life. And all the while, there was a loving God saying, welcome home, welcome home, welcome home. Amen.